0: All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Rethinking Faith podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Josh Patterson, and with me today is my good friend, Marty Frederick, looking fresh as always. Marty, how you doing, man?
1: Man, I'm doing great. Just uh, hanging out played some uh, games with my kids earlier today and uh, just been a chill day, man. It's really been good. How about you?
0: That's what's up. I'm doing good too, man. I had a pretty chill day as well. I'm still celebrating uh, the Washington Capitals' victory last night, you know, as the hockey season reopens, and uh, they're going to be playing Buffalo again tonight, so I'm excited about that, you know. Nice. My my whole world has been reawakened since hockey's back, so I'm excited.
1: And not mine, because my team has not been <laughs> doing <laughs> I mean, there's only been, like, two games, but, yeah. Hey. That's all right.
0: Go, D.C., man. No. <laughs> No. All right. You solved it. There we go. That's the best trash talk I've ever heard. No. (laughs) We're good. That's right. (laughs) Sweet. Well, Marty, I don't know if you know this, but we do have a third person with us here today. I did. We should probably. Yeah, we should probably introduce them. Yeah, I mean. Sweet. All right. Well, listeners with this today, we have a special guest and his name is Propaganda. Prop. How's it going, man?
2: What up, what up, what up, West, West. It's like 90 degrees here today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. It's There's cold here. <laughs> like, no, yeah. it is not 90 degrees here.
2: <laughs> Super hot. Like I walked outside to come to like the little recorder office and I was like, Yo, it's
1: kind of hot.
2: Like it kind of like really <laughs> caught me off guard. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: No,
0: it's so, cold here. We have our wood stove going and mm, it's frost well, on the ground. is cold. Yeah. Sheesh.
1: Yeah, well. And it's, it's, we're supposed to get some snow tonight and it's supposed to get down in the lower teens and even single digits coming up in the evening. Yeah, no, weather wimp, certified (laughs) Californian weather wimp. Yeah, we're, we're about as far from that as we can get, but (laughs) um, well, I mean, perhaps I think the the cool thing about having you on is I think a lot of people probably have a good idea who you are, but why don't you just give us the rundown? Who are you? What do you do? What's life like for
2: you? yeah i mean i would push back that most people know who i am there's a lot of people that have no idea who i am <laughs> but, um but yeah nah i am a hip-hop artist uh and poet and uh i um also run a podcast uh a couple podcasts one with my wife called red couch podcast and then a separate one by myself called hood politics uh which is just sort of political analysis but from like a uh I just I just I just believe like if you survived eighth grade, you actually understand geopolitics. If you <laughs> if you know any sort of inner city bully, just gang life, you get it. You get geopolitics. So I'm just kind of like giving takes on, um you know, the the daily zeitgeist with uh, just from a hood twist, just help people understand. Um, but yeah, no, I've been doing music for a while. Uh, I'm South Central Los Angeles, foreign uh, um lived all over just all over you know southern cali um for pretty much all my life uh wife two daughters a girl cat um yeah i've been making music for a while
1: nice and uh man like i just got to tell you like one of my i love the excellent album a lot oh thanks man (laughs) yeah that's been one of the ones that really got, you know, just kind of got me listening um, uh, way back, way back when in 2012, my, yeah, my good dude. buddy Brad Nelson's like, you got to check this album out. And I did and immediately hooked uh, Thanks, between man. you and Show Baraka. It was like, that was that guy. Yeah, dude.
2: Yeah, we were, you know, Brad's first of all, one of the nicest humans I ever met. But like, it's funny, like me and Show, kind of like, when we met, we were definitely like, realized like we are both just kindred spirits, but just like, Feel like so many times we were, you know, looking around at like rooms we were in, conferences, and just being like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> I don't think anyone really likes us. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just one of those, like, just a few, just we had so many moments, like, what, what are we, what are we doing, man? You know? um, And kind of like, yeah, it was those, was, and 2012 like was my, uh, Sort of when I kind of like hit the, at least the, the Christian scene was 2012. And yeah, yeah, dude. So that's cool, man. And I was really, thank you about excellent, man. I'm, I'm I'm really proud of that record. I feel like it was the record that like, I kind of found my voice on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, so we also, we have a question. We ask every single person that ever comes on the podcast and a good friend of ours was like, you can't ask prop this question But we have to Because it's a part of our show (laughs) Yeah Um, Rob who is your favorite Ice hockey team?
2: Oh yeah Well Kings
1: There we go (laughs) I just believe
2: in everything Los Angeles You know Nice And uh And and I mean like The Kings got history Like we You know what I'm saying We got We got some real history And I'm like I've only been to I've been to maybe Two Kings games You know Um There was a kid Uh J-Bones Um what was his real name? But like a kid from like our neighborhood, uh, or at least to mid city, that was one of my friend's friends that ended up playing pro in Canada and came back. But he was just like kid from LA ended up playing pro, you know, he lives in Portland now. Um, But that guy was so passionate about hockey. We was like, well, let's, I mean, let's, all right, let's check it out, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: I can't tell you what icing is or I can't tell you no rules. I just know I got to hit the puck into that net.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's nice. the most and important aspect of the game.
2: It is. That's how I you feel score, like so you good. Score. Yeah. It yeah. kind of boils down <laughs> to that, yeah. I need you, to make you, more points than that dude, yeah.
1: Yeah, indeed. You, you, you can watch LeBron, and you cannot not know anything about basketball, but when he shoots and makes it, then you know yeah. that at least that he's good, and there's people that don't do that. Yes. So, like, it seems right. as
2: though that guy has a goal to get that ball into that hole, yeah, and right. no right. one can stop him from doing it. Yeah. Therefore, he's so I feel like that with hockey too. I'm like, you should, y'all should probably be trying to stop that guy. Yeah. yeah. And as right. he's skating around everybody and hitting the thing, it's like, oh, well, he's clearly better than everyone on the on the on the rink.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess the one other, uh, well, we I guess we have two more short background questions, but uh, okay. one that we want to hear from you. Um, our podcast is called Rethinking Faith, and so one yeah. of the questions we've been asking people recently is, what's the most important aspect of your faith that you've ever had to rethink?
2: I love it. Uh, Certainty probably was like the biggest thing I had to go. You know, you're we're 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 children of the enlightenment, whether we want to admit it or not. You know, we're we all grew up in a whether you want to admit it or not, a secular society. You could say this is Christian, but like, fool, we were post-Christian in the 1500s. You know what I'm saying? So like you just not knowing your history, you know, so um, just sec, just certainty like rationalistic thought that just like you know the idea of notions that like your faith is a set of notions and if you get the notions right you know what I mean and to the degree for which you get them right you can be certain that your theology is solid your faith is secure you know what I'm saying and um just really letting go of that like idol of certainty and just being like I have really had to rethink that like yo nuance bro like, you know, what I'm saying, and um, once you start traveling the world, you know, uh, and hell, not even traveling the world, just going to the other side of town, you know, yeah. and like you, you 19, 20 years old, you didn't you didn't you somebody done put like a reformed theology book in your hand. Now you finna take on this pastor been preaching for 50 years because, you know, theology better than him because you didn't read this one book. You know, what I'm saying uh, how I look this man in the face and tell him his faith ain't secure that his salvation ain't sure because he ain't got the notions the way I got mine. You know what I'm saying? So like the biggest thing I had to rethink was just that, that idol of certainty. Like, Oh, I know it. No, I know. It. That's what it said. Yeah. No, I know it. It's like, bro. Uh, oh. yeah. Yeah, for
1: sure. I, I'm I'm right there with you, man. And we've we've talked about that a lot on our I don't show. Hear
2: nobody. Oh, okay. I was just making sure I did something wrong. <laughs> no, you
1: good. good. Yeah. You're good. Uh, yeah. we've talked about that idea of certainty a lot on our show. Just just that concept of like mm-hmm. uh there there's too there's too often in faith there's the idea that people think they've got it all figured out and that now yeah. they don't have to do anything anymore. Yeah. They, they just go about their life and doing what they do and that's it. Yeah. And uh so uh and I guess just the one final thing we wanted to ask you about, and I know that you could probably do an entire series of episodes on this, um, but something I know is a really important to you is coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I'm over here wearing my Chemex, my vintage Chemex hat. It's pretty dope. I've that got was... my, my love black people like you. Yeah. got coffee your coffee shirt. black shirt. Yeah. Yep. So we just want to talk to you about like, I just wanted to ask you briefly, like, just like, tell us about in like 60 seconds, <laughs> <laughs> if you <Okay>. can, <laughs> what what coffee means to you as far as like how you got involved with these different collabs that you've been doing? And- yeah,
2: man. Um, it started off from just touring and like, you know, you're stuck in between two cities, you know, trying to get from one city to another and just let me just crush this cup of coffee at this gas station, you know, and then you get to the city and you say, yeah, let's try this coffee shop. You try a coffee shop and then you start now tasting the difference. And you're like, Oh, there's, then, then you discover, you know, after you put all this stuff together, it's like, it's background knowledge, but then you realize like, damn, this only grows at the equator. And you're like, Oh, it's discovered in Africa. And then you're like, Oh, it only grows. You know what I'm saying? So then it, then it, then you're like, well, ain't no black people around here. And then you start realizing like, dang this. Oh, now it's a justice issue. At first it was just a pleasure and a joy thing. And then it was like, Oh, now it's like, Oh, Coffee, just like hip hop, like jazz, like dancing, like everything else where it's like, oh, it started around brown people and then was commodified by white people. And then we got locked out of it. You know what I'm saying? So it just became this issue of like, nah, dude, like this grew at the equator. We need to we need to reclaim this. You know what I'm saying? And retell this story much better. Um, so that's when it became like a justice justice thing. But like ultimately, like I'm always like I'm fascinated by by craftsmanship by the by the marriage of craftsmanship and artwork right so like I feel like anything that takes uh, equal parts craft and art to me is like amazing you know whether it's making cocktails or just you know distilling whiskeys like anything that takes art and craft I'm just like I I love it so that that's part of the the fun and then just the ritual of slowing down, getting back to rethinking your faith, the ritual of repetition, you know what I'm saying? Of slowing down and stillness and 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 just making this the process of making a coffee a part of my liturgy is um it's kind of the story with me.
1: Nice. I I missed the terraform drop oh, and I was super bummed because I went to go get some it was all sold out. Yep. So it's coming back I, though. I, Okay. Mm. I've been keeping my eyes open next one. I'm grabbing no matter what. Yes, you better.
2: (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, uh. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's what's up, man. That's cool. That, uh, I remember when I first met Marty, we were working in this church together. And it was, uh-huh. I mean, that that place was a shit show, bro, to say the least. And okay. Marty and I, our friendship is kind of what got us through that place. Uh-huh. And uh, I brought in Starbucks one day and Marty was like, bro, what the hell are you drinking? What is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. And that's how I got out
2: your hand. Yeah. Yeah. What is this shit spills <laughs> everywhere? Right? <laughs> right, Pastors got like you know, coffee all over his body. <laughs> crazy. They're like, who do we hire, man? This guy's- yeah. yeah.
0: Exactly that's how it was, but it was a, it was an act of love. He was speaking truth and love in that moment, prop Amen and he introduced me to to good coffee and got me hooked yes. up with the chemex and Amen. uh yeah, ever since I've been on the good coffee train, so that's what's well, up
2: pro- well that's that's uh that's grace shown to you absolutely <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: that's right that's yes. right. Good deal, man. Well, right. so we wanted to talk to you about something pretty important today. Okay. Uh, I guess, depending on who you talk to, it might be semi-controversial, although yeah. I don't quite understand why. Um, yes. And that topic is critical race theory and intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just for right off the bat, for people who are like, bro, I don't even know what the hell you just said. What yeah. is critical race theory? What did it, where did it come from? What are some of its tenets?
2: Yeah. Uh, it's funny that like I almost, before I even get into this, I almost didn't do this 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 topic because I'm like this is such a not important like no one has an issue with this except for 45 people you know what (laughs) I'm saying where I'm just like but that 45 people believe they the whole world and uh, and and then your issue with it is so misinformed that I'm just like I don't what what are you talking about so anyway uh (laughs) but I was like well let me do it so critical race theory is just that, it's a theory, right? Um, started by Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, she was She's a law professor at UCLA. And in her studies, how you do sociological work is you have to, you're looking at society, culture, people groups, whatever the case may be, uh, through these particular grids and theories to try to understand how we relate to each other and how we relate to our nation, state, our, our power structure, right? So, post Jim Crow, right? Post Jim Crow America, um, and you know, after Reconstruction, after slavery, Reconstruction, post Jim Crow, and everything past that. So, after the desegregation of our schools, after Roe v. Wade, and um, and just understanding the world and why laws were made the way they were for her to be able to understand how persons of color, albeit from very different locations in culture, whether you are Afro- African-American or Af- like African-American as in slave descendant or African-American as in moved here from Africa. You know what I'm saying? Uh, whether you're Latino, gay, straight, whatever the case may be, the different ways any of us, um, are relating to laws made that um, either help or hinder your flourishing in the eyes of the state. So that's critical race theory, right? And and to understand how interacting the way that the nation identifies us—not not our actual identification, but the way that the nation identifies us, right? Um, and. uh, for that and for that for that to understand that we're talking about this is so it's a it's using a social construct to understand social constructs and how we move through our society right um race is a social construct she understands that that said so so if it's a social construct it's of course yeah it's not real but doesn't mean we're not really experiencing it right you know what i'm saying cuz racism is real even though race maybe according to a scientific definition is not real, but it's our real life, it's our reality, you know what I'm saying? So, so since it's where we're living, since it's our reality, we need a way to study and understand it. You know what I'm saying? And then since most of these laws, I mean, if unless unless you're just taking crazy pills or just in complete denial, the laws have subjugated people of color. And there needs to be a way to understand that why that's so how these things are interlocking or how these things are happening and then how do you dismantle them so that's critical race theory it's it's a way to understand the way for which post segregation or post uh yeah post civil rights movement how the world how america specifically is relating to its persons of color um intersectionality is a tool within critical race theory to understand how these persons of color are interlocking and how these things some of these issues overlap right so a good example of that is like the women's suffrage movement so like which was supposed to be about women's rights to vote Right. And although the suffrage movement, some could argue, was started by Harriet Tubman, was started by a black woman. Um, it was led by Susan B. Anthony. And most of those rights that were grown in the suffrage movement were for white women. You know what I'm saying? So how, how can you call this a women's movement if all women? So there was an interlock. So like so because of that, so since black women didn't receive rights until, 500 years or, you know, 50 years later in the civil rights movement, then that means that black women live in a different intersection. They're women, but they're also black. So intersectionality is understanding those. What's up, big homie? Intersectionality is understanding how that works and then how the laws or the government for short term for laws or the collection of the laws um, relate to each of these people groups. So that's what it is. It's not well, I'm fast forwarding, but it's not what you actually are, it's what the way the state sees you is what critical race theory is is concerned with. Yeah,
0: right on. So like some I guess examples of where we can see this in action then would be so listeners uh who've been listening for a little bit, if you go back and find like the episode we did uh, with uh, Dominique Dubois uh, Gillard about mass incarceration, mm-hmm. critical race theory has something to say about mass
2: incarceration. Is that, that's kinda- absolutely, it's a way to understand it. Like, okay. because it shouldn't make sense if you're just doing the numbers. How do you make sense of the fact that for the same crime, you know what I'm saying? Black and brown boys are receiving more terror time, more jail time and like longer jail time and are sentenced and our sentence more frequently, frequently. Mm-hmm. If it's the same crime, they're the same age, they're doing the same thing. Why is this group getting it? And why is it black and brown? What do they these are two different experiences? Like, why? Why? You understand what I'm saying? So if you're if you're trying to do the numbers, you will. is it? Well, what do they have in common? Well, is it poverty? Okay, well, let's think about poverty. So you take somebody from the same socioeconomic class that's black, brown, white, Asian, and you look at the same situation. Why is it that poor white boys ain't getting the same amount of, you know what I'm saying? So you're like, mm-hmm. help me understand why the law interacts with each of these people. So you use these theories, right? To try to at least wrap your mind around what's happening.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. And that's so that so yeah, so uh so you would use a lot of those a lot of those things to say, um yeah, this like the numbers don't make sense, mm-hmm. right, the stats don't make sense, like why, like, why is it like this, you know, uh, why Flint, Michigan, <laughs> why, you know what I'm saying, like, what is the city next to it like why why, you know, so it's like well, what is it, you know? So, yeah, so that's that's so you use these theories to try to understand, like, why laws, why are the laws working like this? Like, why? Why don't per capita, you know, why is not per capita black and brown people don't own houses? Mm-hmm. Why, why not? And what took them? like, what did they, they, they don't work? Of course we work. You know what I'm saying? Like, who are, are we not applying for? Of course we're applying for loans. You know what I'm saying? Like what? Why? And if it's not biological, because we just all—and especially those 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 that don't affirm critical race theories—would say, "Well, because race isn't real." Well, if it's not real, why are we not getting loans? Do you have an explanation of that? Racism. I know because racism <laughs> because racism is a real experience. You know all what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah.
1: I watched I watched the 13th, a documentary on yeah. Netflix like seven or eight months ago. Uh-huh. And I was, as we're just, you know, not to harp on it, but I was blown away yeah. by just the sheer numbers of yeah. things within our prison systems. And I've got a friend that I work with who used to be a prison guard, is a black uh-huh. woman. Uh-huh. And she said that the whole idea of their of their of prisons being contracted and having an actual amount of people need to be in yeah. the prison and if they don't fill those cells or beds or seats or whatever however you want to look at them, then they yeah. can actually lose money. It's essentially a hotel. And if it's they don't hotel. so if they lose money on that, they can actually per contract charge money to the towns in which those prisons are in in order to make up the money for them for the empty room, I guess is if you want to call it that. Yeah. Which as you put all that together and you start to look at, well, that prison has what's the percentage of black and brown to white? Yeah. It's absolutely an exponential difference. Yeah. And as you look through all those different things, that that documentary just blew my mind with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: You 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 it's a for-profit entity, yeah. right? And it's an incarcerated people is good for business. So so if you're just talking money, if you just live in a world that says that class is the, you know, class and economics are, are are is the only indicator, then you have no way to explain why the vast majority of, of the population is black and brown. If it's just money, you should just gather anybody you can because all you need is butts and seats. Right. So that means that there's something else going on. And as a sociologist as a law professor and as a person who's who might possibly come fall victim to some of this stuff I need a way to understand it you know what I'm saying so that we can combat it and dismantle it
0: yeah yeah absolutely and it's um I guess part of that too that that people uh, start to trip out on is when the phrase white privilege starts getting thrown around and we've talked yeah. about this a bunch uh, with, with some different people like Dr. Drew Hart and, and Dr. Uh-huh. Dennis Edwards, people like that. Yeah. Um, but I think and maybe maybe it's a bit lazy because uh, I think there's some other stuff going on there too. But with what we've seen recently uh, in the Capitol, yeah. would it be lazy or inappropriate to say that, hey, there's a perfect example of white privilege happening right now? Because uh, there's a mob of armed white people that's literally stormed yeah. the Capitol building, yeah, in, broke shit, and and they're not dead, yeah <laughs> they're not yeah. dead indeed
2: yeah, i mean there's i mean that's one of many, you know, but every step up to that are examples of it, you know what I'm saying, I think it's very i think that the thing that's interesting about that particular thing is like. <sighs> why intersectionality is important. And this is the part that I for the life of me I can't understand why certain segments of Christian leadership first of all they don't understand that they do it all the time. That they use the ter- they use the the tools all the time. But intersectionality is essentially giving a name to the way for which I can relate to that group of people, right? Who are so different than me? But the intersections is this is like they feel, whether real or imagined, either way, it's happening in their body. They feel disenfranchised. They feel from both sides that the economic system has shutted them out, it keeps them poor. you know, the rich are getting richer. The poor are staying what they poor and you're not giving me no shot. You're not giving me no chance. And no matter how hard I try, nothing changes. They feel like the politicians, the government is lying to them. And rightfully so, because the president is telling them that. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, you're going to believe it because your president's saying it. You know what I'm saying? So. And it's like and for them, it's like this matches our experience. They're like, these people ain't done nothing for us. Right. You just calling us a bunch of rednecks. You're not even listening to our problems. I'm trying to tell you this ain't working for me. You know, what I'm saying you keep telling you keep telling me I got all this privilege. And it's like, well, fuck, man. Like, well, then, you know, well, then why am I? Then why then why can I pay for my health care? Then, you know, what I'm saying Then like, I'm working just as hard as you are. Why you get to stay this? And every time somebody got a problem, you only worried about their problems. You know what I'm saying? And then at the end of the day, you tell me to go vote. I vote for this person and you telling me that my vote didn't even count. Man, fuck this. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is intersectionality makes me go, okay, where do we overlap? Disenfranchisement. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? Whether whether I can agree that you being disenfranchised or not. I'm like, okay, a lot of this is based on whether it's like I said, whether it's true or not is not the point. Like it's. It's not true. Your votes counted. You just had you just got less votes. That's just I don't know what else the hell else to tell you. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but this doesn't justify these actions, but it helps me say I understand them. You understand what I'm saying? And the reason I'm able to you can say, well, that's just grace. You're just, you know, you're just that's I'm like, exactly. But what I'm doing is I'm finding myself in a life and there is an academic term for that. It's called intersectionality. Like I just I well, even if it's called ooga Booga, what you, you can call it finding common ground. Call it whatever the hell you want. That's just the academic term for it. I don't know what you're so mad about. We do it all the time. You know what I'm saying. So, so yes, yeah, so so all that to say, I get it, but the fact that whether any of that was true, it doesn't matter. They believe it's true. Therefore, it is enough so much that they were able to storm the Capitol. So the, so every step in that is, a, is, a, is an example of privilege. Is like the fact that you was mad in the first place. You know what I'm saying? Like, some, I read some lady, all right, yeah, I read some lady got there on a private jet. She flew to this siege on a private jet. Really? You disenfranchised? you struggling. It's so hard for you on your private jet. Help me. Help me understand. Help me. Un- you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's not lazy. It's just that it's this. It's it's vastly more. It's not lazy. It's simple, like in the sense that it's that plus 50 years.
1: Yeah, totally. And, you know, I, I think the thing that feels to me the most painful and I realize there are about a thousand and one things that are more painful than this, but from my, from my seat with my skin, it is, I I see these stories happening to people and I feel like the fact that this happens in the church today in 2021 Um, it just, it boils me to the point of more anger than I feel like I've ever experienced. I have a great friend named Ronnie. He's a, he was a black, he's a black guy. He was a worship pastor in a church in rural Indiana. He was the only black person in the entire church. Um, and he said that oftentimes from the pulpit, the sermons would have racial jabs in them. Things like we had a potluck dinner and people were bringing different things. And this person was bringing, you know, potatoes and he pointed at Ronnie and said, and, you know, his family brought fried chicken and, and, that giggle, was giggle, just giggle. one of those. Yeah. Yeah, right. And everyone kind Micro of laughs guessing, about it. Yeah. And it's, it's not really a big deal, you know, just kind of thrown out there. Another yeah. situation, some somebody was talking about how they were going to do a work day at the church and they said, they looked over at Ronnie and they said, well, we're all going to, when y'all get here, we're going to make sure we work you as hard as we work the slaves. And Ronnie's the only black person there. And so he's feeling those things and he said his brother looked at him in that moment was visiting on that Sunday uh-huh. and they both knew immediately they, that that's our get out moment. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> yeah, go. say <laughs> like,
2: fuck this place. Get out. We gotta get out. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. That would definitely be a hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Like
1: <laughs> I, even if I'm the only one,
2: like, yeah, that would be definitely like, all right. Did you, did you just hear yourself right now? Sure, that's right. not I, funny. Right. Like,
1: right. like that's not fun. Like, why would you say that, man? Right and 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 it happens in the church across the country You and know have- why dude
2: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just going to say, I think that we're we're dealing with that at a at a level in which it comes from what you the person that you view is delivering a message of higher power to you on a Sunday morning or Mm. a Saturday evening or whatever it may be. And so then now those little pieces, those little tidbits, those little nuggets coming at you all the time from this person that you hold with such high reverence, who may not say any of that other stuff any of the other time, you know. 99% 99% of the rest of it's stuff you 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 really hold on to. Well, yeah. the only logical thing is that you're going to walk around starting to believe all that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, I hate to be, I hate to be the fanboy, but you know, and talk about precious Puritans, Oof. And they're quoting things yeah. from somebody yeah. and from people who were holding that up is just absolute certainty yeah. as we were talking yeah. about before. Yeah. So I, I would love to hear why you think that happens, but I think- I have an I idea. It.
2: Yeah, because I, I just, I, 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 for the life of me, I can't understand why we believe that the church is full of some other set of humans. It's like, it's this where the the cultures uh, it's the same people i know it's because our theology based on like going back to chuck colson and the culture wars that like we somehow not of this world that like we are us they are them that's the world this inside outside you know what i'm saying so we started believing that we actually our shit don't stink that we actually different and i'm like you're the church is the same people it's made of America, like American church is made of Americans. What they like you the same? Like we're all the same, we're the same people. Which is why intersectionality is so important. you know what I'm saying? It's like you would. Your city is full of. You know the citizens of your city are the citizens of your church. It's the you're the same. You know what I'm saying? So you're not some other set of humans, some aliens. You're gonna have the same problems the rest of the country gonna have because you are the rest of the country. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you're the same people, right? So to me, it's like like God, like stop being so delusional. You're this we are it. It's us, there's no one else. We are it, you know what I'm saying? So, so of course you're gonna have you know why racism is in the church, nigga, cause racism in the world, because we're the same people. You know the one earth they ain't but one earth y'all you know so so to me it's like that's the biggest thing and and we've lulled ourselves into believing again because you got these notions that somehow or another you don't have you 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 born out of different water like that's just that's it's just not true you're drinking the same water you know what i'm saying you're the same species it's the same you're the same you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, we just thought that our notions would make us different. It, you're the same, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until you do the work, but you're the same. And even after you do the work, you still the same. I don't cease being a Californian. when I become <laughs> a girl. I'm still a Californian, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So like, I think at the end of the day, that's the thing. So with the puritans thing, which which is, that's funny because that's what put me on the evangelical world. And so I like came into the scene already in trouble. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which was like, you know, that's what I meant by like me and Show would look at each other like. Surely, surely I'm not the first person to point this out to you. This. You mean to tell me none of y'all thought of none of you did the. Just the timeline <laughs> to say that these people existed during slavery, none of y'all, none of y'all thought of that. Like, you know what I'm saying? So um. anyway, I my my theory is you're in your 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 poor guy, like your poor homeboy who, you know, he can't help where he live. You know what I'm saying? And and you he has like what a lot of like persons of color, you step into your church, you're assuming. That, you know. That this place would be safe, that all of us understand that. As much as I'm railing on the fact that we're the same, that we're we should be marked different, mm-hmm. we should be, you know what I'm saying. So when somebody make this joke, and then you realize, like, I know that's the way it was for me. Once I realized, I was like, oh, this ain't no cure. This ain't a cure for right. You, it's no. Your church ain't a cure. You just. Mm-hmm. You I like that and it was for me that was a super light bulb, but it was also very freeing for me to be like, okay, now I know wherever I go, it's I'm I'm still I, I have no reason not to expect the same things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's crazy, man. I mean it it just goes to to the point that like being statistically being a Christian makes you more probable to be racist or prejudiced, which is crazy because that so goes, weird. yeah, that goes against you know, like what you're saying, the the expectation, but um,
2: so it's that theological stance. Um, yeah. Don't forget your thought, but it's that it's that yeah, yeah, theological yeah. principle of inside outside. Mm-hmm. This is in. We are in because we all agree on these four points. Yeah. They are out because they disagree on them. So you take that mentality. You say, well, we're conservative. Any liberal, anything outside is unsafe and evil. Right. So, oh, you don't you don't hold to this particular idea in, in culture. OK, that means you're outside. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. of course, mm-hmm. that's going to translate into racism because you're still thinking inside, outside. Yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: Like an M. Yeah. Like Shyamalan movie. You
2: know? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> 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 no,
0: right on. Uh, but yeah, prop you, I, I told you earlier and you mentioned it earlier. You, you kind of explained it, which was helpful. Uh, you host one of my favorite podcasts, which is called Hood Politics. Thank you, sir. And I like it for a wide variety of reasons. But I just I can't I get too fed up trying to watch, you know, a bunch of different stuff. And I still do. And I I pay attention. But um, Mm. I don't know the way the way you do the show. It just it makes things interesting to me. And then I understand it. And I'm like, wow, these guys really are just straight. (laughs) gang bangers. <laughs> gang banging, <yeah. laughs> so funny. Uh, but yeah, so basically I wanted to try to connect that into this conversation yeah. and I don't know if it'll work or not, but I'll okay. throw it, I'll throw it your way. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, um, here, here's a connection, at least that maybe I see. So for whatever reason, uh, like, uh, critical race theory, intersectionality has become a bad word in, uh, some specific Christian, uh, context. Yeah. Uh, One of them just happens to be the largest Protestant denomination in America. Um, But recently, while reaffirming their commitment to their Baptist principles, Mm the six white male presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention decided that they had to openly denounce CRT and intersectionality. I think maybe there's something going on here. Maybe there's not. But do you see any hood shit going
2: on in this is this hood shit? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it would be a, I mean, I would call it like wood shit. So it's just like <laughs> country. It's just yeah. country, <laughs> country shit where you just like, yeah. right, you know, right, we need to go back to the way it was, you know? Just, yeah, yeah. Everybody knew their place, you know? So like, to me, it's more like, you want to preserve this idea you know this top down approach um this idea that you're the keepers of the flame, you are the transmitters of truth, you know over the people that you believe you're in charge of um very paternalistic like i'm and the and the reason why I use those terms in the way that I think about this is because it's like this is just the newest iteration of any forms of change or things that weren't familiar. I remember you saying people was worried about multi-site churches and preaching from the screen. You know what I'm saying? You can't I can pastor from a screen. I'm like then a quarantine hit and everybody pastoring from a screen. Maybe you dying on the wrong tree here. You know what I'm saying? Um these same people talking about like what are those live instruments on your Sundays? What is, you know, we don't like, we don't like, we don't like contemporary worship songs. Hill songs, unbiblical. Like you're just crotchety. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's the same. Essentially, you've landed on an era, a way of life, and it's so much more culturally informed than they want to admit that you landed on that and you're actually trying to preserve it. It's the same. It's the same concept of make America great again. It's because you have this picture of what America is and you want to work towards that because that is what's nice, what's good, what's wholesome and what's safe. So it's the same mentality. So we want to go back. We've we've had mission drift. We've had this and and the subtext of anybody that's outside of that picture of what's good and wholesome and safe really realizes the obvious, which is. The only difference is now we're here and now we're demanding dignity and that is different. And because you have this theology that says certainty, the notions have to be right. So any challenge of the notions need to go through a very particular grid. And if they don't go through our grid the way they're supposed to, we have to throw them out. And because they use that same lens to look at everything else, because this is why I had to this is why I had to go start by saying critical race theory isn't our actual identity. It's the way that the nation sees us. So they in my mind, at least in the people that I, I've listened to, they're saying that's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. And we're like, Fool, duh, I know. Well, what, it, what does that got to do with you denouncing critical race? Well, because your identity is in Christ. And I'm like, what, what does your driver's license say? What, what, does it have a state on it? Does it got a number? I thought your identity was in Christ. You got a social security number? I thought your identity was in Christ. I'm like, you understand this stuff. You understand that it has to do with how, like, why, why is this so hard? Why is this so hard? Because it's demanding dignity. You know what I'm saying? Uh, That uh, someone that you have a hard time demanding, offering dignity to. Because lastly, and I'll I'll, I'll hit it like this. uh, And this is the part that might be hood shit. Is the last thing you want to do is admit you're wrong. Because that shows weakness. And at some point the SBC as a unit. Now, of course, individually, it's a different situation, you know, but the SBC as a unit has to acknowledge their role in lynchings, you know, in being complicit in the black codes and slavery and anti-miscegenation laws. You're going to have to at some point acknowledge that, like, the blood is on your hands again because the church is not a other set of humans, This happened by Americans. Some of them Americans, actually most of them Americans, went to your churches. So they are you. It's not an abstract idea because my ancestors weren't abstractly lynched. They were actually lynched. Somebody did it. You know what I'm saying? And that's in your family tree. And you just want to admit it. So critical race theory is going to make you admit it. It's going to make you acknowledge the blood on your hands and of course you could do it in the abstract well of course racism is evil it is i I just said like there's no jew or greek in christ you know and there's no male or female jew or Greek. all are one in christ and i'm like is your wife a woman i thought you just said there's no male or female well then why why you so salty at trans people then what the hell wrong with gay marriage you just told me there's no male or female jew or greek you just told me that then why you then what you so worried about America? What you so worried about America for? Then why why are you so worried about the border if there's no Jew or Greek? You understand this stuff? There's some thoughts that you don't want to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know, prop the <laughs> You are talking about these, about lynchings and stuff like that. And those things didn't happen in isolation. No. <laughs> like the, we got pictures. We have pictures yeah, of yeah. And it's white like, dudes standing around smiling with a black guy hanging in a tree. It, there's, We have a picture of it. They are, not, like I said, they're not aliens. Yeah, They're uh, they're you. That's right. y'all. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and what one of the things that always sticks with me. So one of the things I've found that's been important to me is mission work. And the SBC tends to be one of those groups that always likes to tout the millions and millions of dollars that they give to missions all around the world and the missionaries they send out and all that different stuff. But then there's this big issue with mission work that we find that's been going on where a bunch of white people go into a country somewhere, Mexico, Africa, Asia, wherever, they build a new church, they bring them a drum set, a guitar, some amps, some microphones and they set up a sound system for them and they teach them a bunch of hill song and yeah. <laughs> and then they leave and these people they go home and they have all these pictures of all this work and the you know they got this girl over yeah. here, she's painting the wall, and this guy over here, he's doing oh, yes. some real hard work. And you know, they talk about how much work they did and how good of a job they did, and you know what they what they're failing lies is this is the white man stepping in and doing something for the people of color in these other places. And yeah. I, I don't know who came up with it, but someone started saying, okay, well, wait a minute, this is a white savior complex that we got totally. going on here. Yeah. where We're walking in somewhere and we're going to teach them how to be white people. And I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone ever thought about <clears throat> heading over to Ethiopia and learning something about their music and their yeah, cultures. That? and their styles and helping them learn how to just put it together so that they could form their own thing. And it was very clear to me that even in doing the good things that they're doing for the world, they're doing it based on the premise of being a white person that has money, that has power, that has numbers and has strength. And there's just seems to be something about that to me that doesn't sit right. Well, because (laughs)
2: it's, because it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, The church aren't different humans, right? You're the same colonial powers. Yep. And you can't help but sit in the, sit in the shadow. Like I said, you can't help but sit in the shadow of the enlightenment In the same way you can't sit in the shadow of the doctrine of discovery or the age of imperialism. You, this is the way you see the world. You you're supposed to go conquer it. So you're saying now you're just going to go conquer it for Jesus. Right? So it's, it is literally the same. You're just imperialists. You know what I'm saying? And um the 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 funny part for me is like, especially with that particular model, is like, okay, so you done put an entire labor force out of work down there who cool. yeah. now they can't build this thing, you gonna build it. And then I've been to these, I've been to a lot of these places down there. At some point, as soon as the the white church leave, they gotta tear the building down because it's not the code. And then they have to rebuild it again you know what I'm saying? So you didn't cost us double work, right? Because you, you've you you've used all our resources. We got to figure out how to do this. I've even had, I've been, to I've, there's been a spot in Africa where one dude was like, Hey, we got to go destroy this wall because for some reason white kids like painting walls. So they went to go mess up the wall because with the American church kids, they would want to go paint a wall. He's like, I, I mean, all right, well, we got to go wreck this. You know what I'm saying? Just like yeah, yeah. stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like put people like putting people in danger like i said you building stuff not to code that's not even a stop you know what i'm saying like nobody asked for this you know i ain't asked yeah. you to come to my house and rearrange my furniture pat me on the back and then take pretend like my house was fine <laughs> you know yeah. what i'm saying and yeah. then and then to your point to Ethiopia like they could be like you know we were christians before y'all
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know
0: we <laughs> were <been laughs> yeah. Christ- we were
2: christians longer than you so like yes. uh, what We've already yeah. you're toddlers. We've already worked out half of y'all's problems already. We didn't work that out a long time ago. Don't even remember mm-hmm.
1: having that issue.
2: You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So yeah. like
1: And then you got these people there that they probably they could probably quote scripture, but not because they just memorized it, but because they understand it. Whereas we got millions of people around this country with multiple Bibles on a bookshelf that they never yeah. open.
2: Not only that, <laughs> they're like I understand this because it happened right there. Like it just, this, <laughs> this yeah. thing happened. It was uh, yeah, it happened around the corner. How so right. you, you looking at, you Damn. looking for this big old metaphor and some deep meaning, it's like, no, there was a bucket of water right there and the guy just pointed at the bucket of water out of well the water symbolizes no the water just, just don't symbolize nothing <laughs> who's right you know what i'm saying <laughs> and they know that like yeah. yo one of my my favorite one of the best stories that like just really scripture came to life to me was was in jerusalem went two years ago with a group of homies and we was coming around like Capital, the city of David, you know, the walled city. Like it's amazing. You're just like, I can't believe I'm here. And you're going up this hill, right? To get into the old city. And you look over the side, it's like this sheer cliff. And on the bottom is this like convention center. It looks like a wedding, like uh, you know, you can rent like a, you know, conventions it looks like they were setting up a wedding in this like convention center, like courtyard thing. And I was like, yo, what's that? And the guy goes, Gehenna. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, that that yeah, that little valley down there, it's called Gehenna. I was like, like hail? Like <laughs> Gehenna is in hell? You know what I'm saying? He was like, Yeah, outer darkness. It's like, yeah, this would, you know, the the ancient tribes, whenever they were sacrificing, you know, lives, they sacrificed their children, they would do it down there. So you would hear the screams and then you'd have to burn the bodies. So the smell was gross. It would be always fire down there and it sounded terrible. So Jesus was on the hill in city of David going Gehenna. You know what I'm saying? It's like, so you're like, it's so funny. Cause I'm like, somebody about to have a wedding. You set up a wedding, <laughs> you know, so you, we so far away from this context that like, the stuff is like, it's pretty, it's, you, you, all that to say, I agree with you. Go over there and learn something. Yeah. Just like sit down for a second. So when the guy goes, well, what do you, so was he talking about, so he was talking about hell. He was like, well, maybe, but he was just talking about, he's talking about the valley, like right there. It's just right. <laughs> it's right there. It's just, Legit at that. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Man. Dang, Right on, dude. Well, I guess just the, cause we, we want to be fair to your time, man. we appreciate, appreciate the time that. That, that you share with us. Um, but just real quick, if we don't get our shit together and stop arguing about something like this and talking about is critical race theory, biblical or not, um, there's going to be real life consequences. And I think we're already seeing them played out and we've had, we've been seeing them play out since the foundation of this country. Um, but I think, I don't know. There's, there's so much at risk. The, the yeah. quote unquote, the body of Christ is losing its witness to people because we're up here arguing about, yeah. is racism a real problem when yeah. it's
2: just happening? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I would, I would even push back and be like this yeah. particular 5% of the body.
1: Yeah. Is losing, yeah. You know what
2: I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you got like, you know you got uh you know uh uh Pope Francis right now like traveling the world like you know what I'm saying like being making a huge difference in covid in you know covid so you know what I'm saying so it's like when you look at the church globally it's fine yeah you know what I'm saying it's here we are and again that's because mm. it's a uniquely american problem because yeah the American church is full of Americans. So we act just like Americans act, which is, you know what I'm saying? Which believe we are the center of the universe, you know? But I even, Ah. even saying like this idea of like critical race theory, is it biblical or not? Like, again, that's why I keep going. Like this is, that's such a stupid question. (laughs) Of course it's not. Neither are iPhones, neither are Zoom meetings, neither is fried chicken, neither is couches, (laughs) neither is wearing watches. How about jeans? None of this stuff is biblical. What are you talking about? Neither is being a Clemson fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you Roll Tide? You know what I'm saying? That's not that's not biblical. Like, what are you talking about? Is it biblical or not? It's nothing. What are you, like, it's not even, critical race theory ain't even concerned about the faith. It's not even about that. It's about the nation. What are you talking about? Which is why, like, which was part of why I was like, I don't even, it's like, I don't even want to acknowledge the, that's why I said I almost didn't want to say yes, it is because I'm like, the question is ridiculous. Yeah. You know I'm saying like, yeah, of course it's unbiblical. Neither is your button up. <laughs> Are you wearing a flannel shirt? You know, that's not biblical, right? You would look at me, and go, it's ridiculous. I'm like, I know exactly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What about your driver's license? Well, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous the premise of the question's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? So like, and to me, that's the part that's like either for me, it was like frustrating specifically with the American church, but also like why I'm like, I can't even, I can't even engage anyone in this conversation. Cause it's just, it's just, yeah. And I felt the same way about like multi-site churches when that was like, that's yeah. what I go back to. He was like, yo, is this biblical or not? I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like that's just it's a silly question. It's uh, uh, what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah no, nah, anyway. dude. Straight up. Well, I yeah. I appreciate you hanging out with us, regardless. Yeah, dude. Nah, but because I, cause I so think, yeah. but because I, I think too, in a way, like it makes the point that you're trying yeah. to get across. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Yeah. And so yeah. I think you nailed it. That's that's what thanks, I man. That. Good.
2: I hope so. I, man. And I don't know who going to hear this, man. I don't think I'm, I'm always nervous that I'm like the, per, the people that need to hear this ain't going to hear it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but I hope that we're given like grenades when uh, somebody does talk to you about it. That just like, mm. yeah, like, dude, relax. Like, you don't have to defend critical race theory because the premise of the question is ridiculous. Right. Like, it's not even for. It's not. Nobody uses it for what they're trying to protect us from. Like yeah. they, that's not even what we use it for. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, like yeah. you know chill, man. Like it's not what are you
1: what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And the and the notion that the the six guys in the in the in charge of the SBC felt like we would care enough about their opinion on it to come on, for them to come give on, us Yeah, we're like <laughs> It's like, don't man, care, like bro. Yeah. you guys are at the at the height of your narcissism for us to think that bro. we wanted yeah. to know what you thought. Yeah, uh, which is
2: why, like, which is why, like, I tweet. I tweeted about it once. Yeah, I was like, because I was so shocked that it was becoming such a thing. Yeah. I was like, what are y'all? Yeah. yeah, what are y'all? Where I was like, yo, this is like a, this is an academic.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, prop besides yeah. besides hood politics and the red couch podcast, um, do you have any resources you'd recommend for our listeners to go listen to if they if they want to get their shit straight? I love it. Uh concerning this stuff? This stuff, the stuff that you think matters, like anything. Um
2: there's a really cool pod that I've been kind of partnering with called uh Behind the Bastards uh which is most of it's funny um okay. but it's just like everything you need to know about history's worst people. <laughs>
0: Heck yeah, that uh, sounds dope. Yeah, super,
2: it's mostly funny, but it's, it's really good, like, history stuff. Right now we're doing a series called Behind the Insurrections. Nice. Um, which are just, looking again, looking at history of, like, insurrections and uprisings and, you know, what, what can we learn from history uh, in the past or um, as to, like, maybe not make the same mistake, you know what I'm saying, in the future. But I yep. think, like, if anything my i don't have anything particular i'd say for for the listeners but to just continue to diversify your your um your listening you know what i'm saying yeah uh, yeah. yeah like i yeah uh, it's just yeah like again like step back a little and just be like this even it's like you don't have to answer a stupid question. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, so you know, you flip it on its head. Like I said, like is is this biblical? I don't know. Is being a Clemson fan biblical? Like, it's they're not cons. It's not a concern. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's, yeah. Really yeah t- like, that's that's where I I was I I honestly like I I like I said I haven't talked I've only tweeted about it once because I was just so befuddled as to why this was an issue, but like really that would be what i would help what i would hope your listeners hear from this where it's just like bro what are you talking about man like this, yeah. not a, it's not even a what are you talking about like, this it's yeah. so many Three hundred thousand people died from coronavirus you worried about whether <laughs> what are you talking about man like yeah. yes it's not our it's not my concern man like we, yeah relax dog yeah yeah, right on, man. Well, yeah. what, uh, I know you have
0: some new, new stuff about to drop yes. soon in the near future. Yeah. What kind of yes. pluggables you got for us?
2: Oh, man. PropHipHop.com for sure. Yeah. Uh, the coffee game's happening, uh, you know, backslash coffee for the coffee game. It's music dropping at the end of this month. Can't tell you the name of it yet. It's going it's to be a dumb. book in June, um, which I've been talking about forever called Terraform. Um, that book's coming out in June. There's, a uh, just, I'm I, there's at least there's at least an EP every quarter this year I've, right on working on a lot of stuff so it's going down
0: good deal that's what's up that's what's yeah, up yeah. yeah we'll have to uh I mean if you enjoyed your time with us we didn't scare yeah. you away with our stupid questions then yeah we have to hop on here and promote your book or something that would be for fun. sure yep. yeah 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 Good deal, man. All right. All well, right thank guys. you again so much for your time yeah. and uh,
2: my pleasure. Y'all.
0: I'll hit up uh, Kendrick Lamar and let him know that he best be looking out for propaganda.
2: Let's go. I'm coming for <laughs> it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him I want a verse, please. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotcha. yeah.
2: All, All right, guys. y'all. All right. All right. Love everybody. Thank you so much. Hey, y'all.